everybody. Welcome to another episode of Zeno Chat. I am one of the hosts, Tyler, along with my co-host, Justin. Hello, everyone. Okay, and we have quite a few guests uh, returning from the first part of Love. We have, uh, first we have Mary, and we got Kat. Hello. And now, uh, we kind of had some trouble with uh, remembering stuff from Xenoblade X, so we went and kidnapped a another uh, a guest, and that is Nick. I'm being held here against my will. Please help. <laughs> no, shush, help. Shush. That's shush, a lie. Shush, shush, he shush. wanted to be here. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. I, oh, wait. Xenoblade X? Yeah, I, I think I can talk about that a little bit. And two, for that matter. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, previously on Zeno Chat, we discussed. Uh, well, our topic is love, um, and we discussed uh, Zeno Gears and Zeno Saga and Xenoblade Chronicles One. So now we're gonna continue where we left off and continue with X. But before we get into that, we just have a little bit of our usual uh, stuff. Uh, first. For news, um, there hasn't been too much news since our last recording, but um, you, there you was an interview. Sorry. Oh, I was just. Oh no, you're fine. I was just going to mention the interview with uh, Harada and Takahashi that uh, Lugal Banda translated. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. That. Yeah, that was the main thing that happened. It kind of went over just kind of how Malasoft has developed and changed over the years um and kind of went over what happened with Xenosai episode 2 yeah E3 just happened there's definitely no news coming out of that so surprisingly yeah I, th- <laughs> yeah, I think though there was that one nasty rumor that was floating around about uh, Xenogears coming to Switch and then that one person uh, had like that screenshot yeah mm-hmm. yeah that then, was disappointing yeah but square uh they did say that they are going to try to bring most of their library to digital yeah so i guess that kind of implies something maybe coming in the future i don't they know they had oh what i had heard that actually expressed that they wanted to bring everything <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah. it's like if everything yeah. is coming, I, I guess that's some sort of confirmation or maybe implication that they're at the very least thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't believe it's until I'm downloading it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's how skeptical I am now. So I won't believe I it until... I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was going to say, so, you know, it's not like, get your hopes up, but they're thinking about it. I guess that's the way to put it. Yeah. I was going to say, I won't believe it until they re-release the bouncer on... I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the bounce. I want Air Guys in my hand. <laughs> oh, oh man, Air Guys. Even yeah. though I already own it. Yeah, I have it too. Oh I would God. like, um, I, I really want them to continue localizing their Japanese only stuff because I really want Live Alive to get an official translation because that game's amazing. Which is why that was so exciting when they announced that Romancing Saga 3 and also, um, uh, Seiken Densetsu 3. Those finally have English translations, which is sweet. Mmm. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's other RPGs. We're not talking about those other RPGs. We're talking about Zeno. Never heard of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, th- there was a new Zeno game uh, at E3. It, you know, Astral Chain. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. I can't wait for that. <laughs> game, <laughs> game of the year. There's even going to be cats. My... <laughs> it's my game of E3, personally. 
Yeah. Me yeah, too. me too. But, well, that and uh, Bread of the Wild too. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I pretty much but that was so far off. They, they showed that. Which... Yeah, I don't know how much like cross Xeno stuff is happening with Zelda because I've never really played a single Zelda game for more than like half an hour. Um, well, aside but from... it's exciting that sorry, <laughs> it's exci- It's it, it's exciting that Monolith is like actually helping develop these, and yep. like I should probably play them someday. <laughs> yep. Hey, if you like rhythm games, Cadence of Hyrule is actually really good too. I'm. Probably terrible at rhythm games, because, uh, <laughs> dyslexia. Uh, well, you can actually turn it into basically a wait mode where it turns into kind of a strategy dungeon crawler, but... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it doesn't, you don't have to go into the rhythm at all, so there's that. I'm I'm surprised you guys aren't tearing me apart because I haven't played Zelda. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I've, like, only beaten one Zelda game, and I own maybe three or four others that I haven't beaten. Because yeah, I'm not good. saying anything because I know our listeners are going to tear you apart anyway, so I don't have to lift the finger. Well, yeah, <laughs> and like, I mean, tearing people apart is totally how you get someone into a franchise, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta argue your point, otherwise they won't ever understand. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. It's, it's not cool to do that. <laughs> so yeah. back to the Zelda saga. Zelda saga. <laughs> I mean, anyway. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think <laughs> that was all the other Zeno news I could think of, unless there's anything else that slipped by. No, I don't think so. No. I don't remember anything. I vote no okay. as well. Alright, <laughs> right, then uh, next up, uh, Nick, would you like to go into your history with the Zeno series and how you got into the franchise? Okay, so it's really not super weird but in a way i guess it kind of is i don't know um it's mostly just i started with um the first xenoblade i mm-hmm. remember whenever i was younger and barely had access to the internet because it was well because it was terrible out here and just because we had this thing called dial-up whenever i was a kid oh um, i relate i relate and gaming sites i mean if they were there i didn't know about them i just knew about nintendo power and there was this cool looking game it was like set on these gods coming out on a Nintendo console, and that's all I had owned for the longest time. And I was like, oh my god, that is, like, so epic. And so I knew I had to get it whenever it eventually came out, and I didn't get it right away because I was actually I was actually kind of poor, and at the time I was just kind of getting into RPGs. I grew up with, like, a lot of platformers and Zelda and things like that. And so I didn't know much about that type of game in the first place. Um, I even I never even had a Super Nintendo. I always played one at my relatives' houses. So uh, I, I had like an NES, and I didn't have any RPGs on it. So I got into RPGs a bit later anyway. But I really loved it whenever I finally did uh, start getting into them, especially with like Xenoblade Chronicles One. And from there, I kind of um, went, like, I got, uh, when X came out, I, whenever I saw the promotional materials for that, it, like, the aesthetic just blew me away in the first place. Like, it was something I knew that I would really, really want even more. It spoke to me even more than the first one did, just in how that world looked like a place I wanted to be, a place that was really amazing to be in. 
And I happened to, after the fact, come across a limited edition copy of it in a store, which was very surprising, mm-hmm. and I snatched that thing right up. So, mm-hmm. after that, um, I actually didn't play all the way through that game and didn't understand how to play it for the longest time, to be honest. Um, I played through a big chunk of it, but um, I honestly played a bunch of side missions more than anything. And uh, whenever Xenoblade 2 came out, uh, I got it and I went, like, I I got really big into it. I was going through some kind of rough stuff a little bit at the time of Xenoblade 2. So it was kind of a great escape there. And um, I, I remember I just would stay up kind of playing that for the next few months. And doing everything that I, like, could possibly do in it that I could, you know, within the balance, like, before even beating the story, like, I was hitting all the side quests and everything like that in that game. And it kind of got me, like, where I really wanted to go back and play the other Xeno games. So I went back and I played through Gears because I was able to get a means to play it, to put it simply. And... I ended up loving it. Uh, I It took me a little while to beat it because, well, I mean, it's a long game, but it's also like there were times at which I had other things going on and I just had to take a break from it for a little while. But uh, it I covered it over the course of, the, of a few months. It didn't take me, or it wasn't like nonstop like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was, but I beat it and I loved it. And then i went back and played x all the rest of the way through and i actually still play x to this day on and off because it's kind of a comfort game for me like i can go back to it anytime and play some side missions i hadn't hit before or just do some random stuff there's always stuff to do in that game and i finally beat it and the ending of it kind of spoke to me in ways that a lot of the Blade games I felt like hadn't really gone that deep before. Um, And Gears kind of had, but I I really liked the way that X went. I I loved how mysterious it was, especially at the the end, and I thought that a lot of people didn't give it some of the credit it deserved in, like, its depth in some areas, especially, like, people talk about the characters in that one a lot. But I, I don't feel like a lot of people really got to know the characters on that level. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people just have different opinions about that anyway, but that was just how I felt. Um, most recently I went through Xenosaga and actually streamed it for some friends who were interested. I spent months and months um, on and off with the help of some really awesome people trying to get that thing running because my only means to play it and for that matter, stream it were difficult. Um, and so when we finally got that going, I played through it and I just recently beat it and I love it too. It <laughs> did things kind of on that same level as X and I've heard a lot of people have similar opinions about that. Yeah. And I, I there's still a lot I don't know, but I'm really excited to get into the second one eventually. Uh, the thing that's kind of weird about this story is that I had been told to... I'd heard about Saga for a long time. I remember back in like 2001 on one of my first school trips whenever we went to like a mall and I saw the gigantic 
like stand up cardboard thing of Xenosaga One, and I was like, "Whoa, what is that?" And then I never saw it again until like years and years later. And I had a roommate for a while whenever I was in college who was obsessed with Xenosaga, but um, it it was like I didn't have a means to play it at the time, and it was also kind of hard to deal with that particular roommate sometimes. So it was not always the easiest to take some of the suggestions to heart, but I like whenever I saw video footage of it, whenever they showed me that, I was like, okay, yeah, someday I do need to play this series. That looks amazing. And I mean, the way with the way that my roommate normally brought up stuff, it just annoyed me. And that that actually stuck out for me is kind of saying something, I think. Yeah. It's also the fact <laughs> but, that I often talk to you about it a bit too much, but yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, whenever I started hanging out with, um, Maria here a lot, like, I, she, she brought it up a lot, so I ended up, like, yeah, I knew I kind of needed to play it back then, but I definitely need to play this series all the way through now, because I could tell it was something big, and actually, to, I mean, I wasn't going to go, like, too big in it, but, like, at the, at the time when we were playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Mary was also playing it, and she was going through hard times, and we were both kind of having some issues with a mutual friend. Um, don't think I'll go a whole lot further into it than that. But we were, yeah, it was it was not a great time. So that was kind of like the antidote to that. Yeah, it was. Hmm. We were just oh, playing that game that was super, like, you know, mild and cool to play and was helping with the mood. <laughs> and it's really awesome it- to play a single player game like that, especially with another person, because... It's so much fun to like compare notes on the fly like that. And mm-hmm. especially when you're in a place where things are tough otherwise, I think, you know, yeah. it helps. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating how uh, we, I, I've, like, I've noticed a bunch of us have kind of similar stories with multiple different Zeno games where it's helped us out through tough times. And that's kind of really saying something about the ser- overall arching series in general. Yeah, it's definitely art that comforts the disturbed. One hundred percent, especially if you find characters that you relate to. Like I've mentioned mm-hmm. before, like Xenoblade One came out at a time where I was going through a lot of str- struggles and stress, and I remember I got the game. I got it when it came out, and then I spent a lot of time alone playing it, and just doing that kind of just put me in my own little zone, and it helped me get through a lot. Xenoblade 2 is definitely a great game for, like, being, like, it's an uplifting presence, I feel. Like, the characters are really good for, like, putting you in a good place. And I've had a lot of um, struggles in the past, actually, with feeling confident in myself. And Mm -hmm. loving a character like Zeke, for one, like, really helps um, give me a guideline for, like, yeah, that guy's an idiot, and I want to be him. He's great. (laughs) (laughs) Zeke is wonderful. Yeah, he is. He is. And he's not really an idiot either. Like he's he's actually he shows some really I th- I feel like especially towards the end of that game he shows some really good emotional intelligence especially mm-hmm. and I really respect that. Um, but the other Zeno games um, and to some extent Xenoblade games, but I feel like some of the older ones really get into some of the nitty gritty philosophical uh, philosophical stuff that I really mm-hmm. like too. So that th- those like I ate those up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those were, those were a snack. 
as in S N A C C. Yeah, they were a s- <laughs> snack. A- and- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think at this point we're probably going to move back to our main topic. Yeah. Um, which is love. Speaking of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, and yeah, <laughs> so we'll uh, go back into your... our. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so yeah, we'll go into Xenoblade X or Cross, whichever you prefer. Uh, I usually say X, but I don't care either way, honestly. Yeah, I, okay. I always say X. It's yeah. just okay. Okay, good. Because sometimes I hear people say Cross, and then I get self conscious about saying X. Yeah, it's, I know a lot of like Japanese games when they have the X, it, it tends to be cross, like Project Cross Zone. Yeah, yeah. which is weird because I yeah because I usually call that Project Cross Zone, which is yeah. I don't I don't know why my brain works like that. Yeah, it's it's weird because uh, I mean there's a lot of other games that have X's in the title like Mega Man X or Metal Slug X. So I guess like when I see Xenoblade Cross, I my mind mm. just defaults to saying Xenoblade X. Yeah. Uh- I just default to X also, especially because it hits that, especially it hits that edgy, like, circa early 2000 era vibe with some of its stuff a little bit. So, Xenoblade Extreme kind of thing. There's something going on here. It's a great game. Like, I have really shit tastes sometimes, and they really involve, like, that era sometimes, but... Like some of my tastes in music, but I like a lot of music, so whatever. Yeah, it's a good game. I- I've gotten into several uh, discussions and arguments about Xenoblade Cross over the years mm-hmm. because so many people uh, they can't get over the story, they can't get over not falling in love with every single character to the point where like they completely overlooked everything else in the game, and it's it's nuts. I won't bring up the end because of spoilers too much, but I will say that I think that there's something about some of the questions it asks at the end that are better unanswered, better left mm-hmm. to the imagination. That's actually one of the things I enjoy about it because it it, it just kind of poses, it, and it implies enough too, I feel like it's... anyway, but I like that it just leaves that certain questions open. There's it's so that funny that you say that because you're literally the first person I've ever heard say that about <laughs> Zombie Cross's ending. Because I remember it came out and there was threads upon threads upon discussions about discussions about people raging at that ending and just being pissed off and being like, "Oh, well, you know what the hell? This is such a shitty ending. How how could they do this? How could they end a series like this?" And oh man. But so it's, it's funny. It it's obviously they're coming back to it. How like yeah. <laughs> if it had finished off though too and just answered all that, I don't know that it'd be the same kind of discussion piece that it is. At the same time, like I I feel like that's interesting. And no, I'm not saying game developers um <laughs> pad your games by making a mystery that's unsolvable in the game, but like that was enough of one that like lent into something like on a more philosophical level i feel that's just an interesting question to ask in general i'm like thematically not the exact question you know it poses but like on a thematic level i felt kind of that way about it i don't know if i'm alone there but yeah i like 
that was one of the things I liked, because uh, honestly, up to that point, the story was like, well, this is kind of straightforward, you know. Um, I mean, it wasn't like it was unoriginal, because I really liked a lot of the themes involved in that. There, There is a very big theme in X of acceptance and togetherness and just surviving on a planet you know nothing about that does really, really weird stuff. And involved in that is like a lot of lovey-dovey things like we should be discussing on this podcast so yeah. oh that's a great segue so <laughs> yes what's the first um i guess character pair we can look at i don't know where that list is i had it open and now i don't so oh, low. you're fine it's a <laughs> okay here we go okay, I, I have it up okay. so elma and the main character i know some of you say that elma is the main character but no we're not going to call her the main character so it's going to be elma and whoever you create Mr. Silent Cross. Mr. Silent Protagonist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cross to some. Yes. And like, I think this is the, the first of the Zeno series that has a um, make your own protagonist. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember uh, it getting a lot of criticism because uh, oh, yeah. it, it was like, oh, th- they're trying to be Skyrim, they're trying to be Fallout, yep. this isn't real Zeno game, blah, blah, blah. But also, I think it it helped a lot of people um, sort of discover stuff about themselves by playing this game um, as a lover of previous JRPGs uh, with uh, a reason to, like, represent themselves and things. So, like, I know a lot of people, like, really loved Elma, and some some of them played uh, played uh, the Elma and the main character as, as lovers for themselves. Um Sometimes, you know, when you try to, like, uh, talk about that to other people, it's not, like, super popular, because, like, once, like, if you... Shipping two canon characters uh, usually explodes, and you get, like, a whole lot of, like, fandom... um, Oh, yeah, like, you can anger some people just by shipping characters, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, like, with... Like with with this personal avatar, it it becomes a lot more personal. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. And I, I know like it's kind of a it's kind of a touchy topic because there's people who like to portray themselves in video games, and then there's a lot of people out there who look down on that and they're like, oh, you're just trying to self insert because you know you just fantasize about these characters. But no. <laughs> I, I also I, I heavily disagree with that. I like the idea of being able to put yourself in and kind of a like you mentioned, cat discover something about yourself. When I played Xenoblade X, I actually made a character that was based on me, and I tried to um, react to situations in ways that I would react in real life. And I actually really like that Xenoblade X gave you some really funny dialogue choices because it added a lot of life to what could have been a boring scenario. Yeah, like definitely. Like I I have problems with my own self-worth, so sort of being forced into oh, I have to represent myself was an odd fit at first, but like it sort of got me thinking, oh, if I existed in this thing and I allow myself to exist, this is okay. I was going to say though about I okay, so like I personally love character creators for one thing. Um. So they are amazing, and I will go in a game sometimes just to, like, if a game has a good character creator, there are some afternoons I will, like, come in from work, and I'll just be, like, tired, and I will sit down, and I will create a character, and that was all I will do with it. 
you and I are the same person because I did the exact same thing. Like when Soul Calibur Six came out last year, I straight up bought it full price day one, sixty dollars. I have not played any of the story mode. I barely played the arcade mode. I've only played character creator, and I spent like well over thirty hours just on that. I, I don't even like play the game. I just make characters and post them on Twitter. Honest, I wish I wish I had it. I'm a bit the same because like whenever. Any games, if there is like creation of character, I'm just gonna go there and like pretty much lose a few hours just trying to create my character and like keep changing feature until until I get satisfied. Mm. But in X, I remember I made the actually had done the I was roleplay at the time. I, I pretty much had done like a original character from a roleplay. But I think if I was to redo a game, I'd try to look at the options and try to. Remake, I don't know, Chaos or something, since I know his outfit is kind of a game. So. You also, had your character in him. Also, No uh, one is surprised, but I, I, I made a pretty good Ramses as my avatar in X. Yeah. Yep. It is, yes. Also, on a weird <laughs> side note, um, when they were showing Cross in like the promo for Xenoblade X, am I the only one that felt like he looked really similar to the old Nintendo Power mascot, Nestor? Uh, like you know, my first reaction, kind of... my first reaction was that he, he the the main character looked a lot like Shulkish at the end of the trailer. Yeah. Well, Same. that was in that first trailer where they showed um that one blonde character. But I'm talking about like the redhead guy. Oh, like, he, he looked a, he looked uh. really similar to the very old Nintendo Power mascot, and I always wonder if that was like intentional. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that, <laughs> just a weird true. little side note. I'm probably alone in it, but yeah. by that time, uh. um. Yeah, but at that time, Nestor was had not been in Nintendo Power in years, and it wasn't very often that they actually brought him up. I didn't play a lot of uh, the old Nintendo games because of the fact that I started being a gamer more around PS1, because oh before that, I did not really own Nintendo consoles so yep. much, so... That's why I thought it was, like, it was kind of a weird thing, because Nestor had long since been retired from Nintendo Power by the time X came out. So when I when I saw that, I guess maybe that was my headcanon that they brought Nestor back and put him in Xenoblade X. <laughs> that's, that's the place to put him. You, you I, Of course. I could yeah. see him art style based being more in like Professor Layton maybe or something, but... <laughs> Um, you know, I I'm old enough to remember old Nestor, and I hadn't thought about that until you suggested it just now. <laughs> I'm, I don't see why they didn't put Captain in the Game Master in there as the main character. Is my thing? No idea. Too obscure. Too I guess. <laughs> that would be um, cool if he was in there. <laughs> someone knows. <laughs> no, I used to watch uh, clips of that, and I've I love clips. how like, and I love how all the characters look weird. Like Mega Man looks really weird in that. It's. It's good. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Pit. I heard it. Pit in that show. Yeah, never. Like for my main, for my character, I I make anybody really. I like to switch. I actually um, do a lot of role play stuff, like a uh, mm-hmm. like Pathfinder stuff and such. Sometimes, so I like to switch out. Like um, sometimes I'll make like I usually switch off if I feel like making a say male or female character or what. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Xenoblade X, I'm, I was, rep- I decided to represent myself. So I made a female character with purple skin and pink and silver hair, which is totally not. <laughs> that looks exactly like you. Yeah. 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 Of course. 
but uh yeah no i had fun with that i especially had fun whenever you uh there's a side quest that's actually kind of difficult to find later in x because it just kind of pops up at random only if you've done certain other quests that let you mm-hmm. unlock that the character creator again and it's just a machine it's like <gasps> yeah well you're a, a I guess we can spoil it. I mean, you're a mim, so you're a robot body, so we can just modify you however. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can only, like, go... And I always hate it, because you can only only go back at, like, midnight, and it's only within that hour that you can go back and um That's just when Yardley operates. He's a man of mystery. (laughs) Or is he a man? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I guess we can get back on topic, like, because you mentioned uh, uh, the whole thing about who the characters are in New L.A. And that goes into, I guess, the next pairing, which would be Elma and Humanity. And her relationship with Humanity before um, before things happened and they had to leave Earth. And they got into that battle in space. Yeah, because, well, I mean, I guess we can officially say spoilers don't. If you haven't finished X, don't continue any further. Um, but I haven't yeah. finished, but I'm the one who assumed that it, so <laughs> just go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil myself. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so do you want to skip this since this is really getting to spoilers? Because, yeah, that does kind of get into like the last chapter well, of the game. Eh, I, w- I okay. would hate to spoil it for her, but it, it, is, it is one of many things that X kind of comes up with and I've seen I had seen the spoiler out there so many times before I beat the game and didn't realize what the what was going on like I didn't I was like I saw the picture and I'm like and they're like oh that's a spoiler and I'm like what it just looks she just looks different well I I know <laughs> that Elma has another form if that's what you're referring to I just did not see the context of it but okay, okay. So should we skip it okay then we could we could skip it then. I mean okay all right spoil it this time Okay. Elma is well, Superman. I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kinda, but... There is a, um... I will say that there's, like, a fan theory out there that, like, Elma is supposedly Cosmos. But that's... Uh, that's well, that's... That's getting some weird a, stuff, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't... If anything, she's... Why would you ditch a robot body for a robot body? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> better things to use cosmos for <laughs> yeah i'm sorry fans. I, yeah. I just just proved your fear- theory i think <laughs> well I think wait wasn't um <laughs> no that just reminds me in the uh xenoblade 2 art book uh for cosmos re isn't she like version six or something like that so maybe elma the the white haired one is like version five and no 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 I'm trying to no this isn't working out never mind ignore me ignore me yeah. I'm, no. I'm that's why that one infinity mission in Xenoblade Chronicles two Elma gets super jealous of Com- Cosmos Ari that must be it oh you guys didn't play that one are we gonna oh, have another uh, episode of a uh, Zeno of Zeno myths <laughs> is Elma actually oh, Cosmos okay. I, oh no <laughs> I didn't come up here to make them up. Sorry. Do we have to get pure yes. here to like clean clean things up? Pure is this true? I just made this Gosh. up. I, I love how we mention pure at every episode. 
every episode we have to at least mention him once. Um, well, he's the biggest well, Zeno fan on earth, of course. Right? Yeah, he loves it so much. Um, listen to this episode. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, then we could kind of go into this one, uh, Elma and the Man from Japan, um, because before she left Earth, uh, or while well, everyone left Earth. Elma had a relationship with what? this guy from Japan. It's really... I, I just kind of stumbled upon it a little bit. I mean, it's just... I, they were so vague about it. I do, oh, I can confirm... I can confirm they do mention this in the game. I'm pretty... Sh- I, I'm almost dead certain I remember them mentioning he something about him being from Japan in the game. I could, I, I, Which, yeah, it, but in the Xenoblade 2, whenever you see her... Katsi, they do mention. She does mention like uh, yeah. the trees being like where she's she was from originally, and I mean, it's pretty much sacral trees. So yeah, was it, it's Uriah. Yeah, was there a yeah. rumor that um, the man from Japan could have been the hero that it mentions at the very start of the game? You know, yes. I, at first, I thought it was Nagi, um, but people are saying it's the the, uh, the player character, which which is weird because uh, the player character really didn't have that that background in X. If it were the player character, it would have been like, well, you got it's his true like form is lost in this like the mimeosome does not resemble him, and it's just uh, like okay. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm I just don't know if that's I don't see that being true with. Elma not absolutely like figuring out who you are by the end mm-hmm. of it, kind of like you're still. I don't. I, I never saw a part where it was explained that you weren't like some that you were someone that she figures out that she knew or anything. Maybe that's the case, and it just doesn't go there in the game. But I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember enough. That's a yeah. I just thought it was super weird that they were like kind of vague about this this guy that she had feelings for, and then he was involved with. Well, I think it. Yeah, impl- sort of implied he was a part of the, the hero of that attack on the white whale. Or well, if you looked like the, if you looked like the guy that used to be like her dude or mm-hmm. the girl, even I don't know. Um, like I would have thought that when she found you in the pot at the start, she would have been like, "Oh, it's you, <laughs> shit!" Right? You know, <laughs> like, oh, you're new. Uh, we'll help you out. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, so. That- it's a hard one to talk about because there's not much on it. Yeah, I uh, I will say this. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of Xenoblade X content, but when I do, I very lightly ship Nagi and Elma. <laughs> so uh, when people were starting to say, it's not Nagi, it's it's the player character, I would kind of just so- sort of rolled my eyes and walked along. <laughs> <laughs> Did they? I might be wrong about this, but I thought somebody, like, somebody brought up something about... Nagi like crashing the ship, and I was like, Nagi didn't crash the ship; they got hit by alien attack. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't yeah. seem like something he would do on purpose. No, he's pretty right. competent. Yeah, you can make him wear his underwear for that one mission where he just goes in, <laughs> with, goes in and takes out all those guys at once. <laughs> That'd be pretty epic. If you, if you give a character Margulis's voice actor, I will like them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Yeah, who's okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can sh- I can ship Nagi with anyone in that game. You can just have all of them. Nagi is humanity, so Elmex humanity confirmed. <laughs> exactly. 
Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Um, Linen Tatsu, so, right? All right. So yeah, Linen Tatsu, which is definitely a, a, a friendship, even though, you know, she's always, every chapter she has, or Ooh. well, every time she gets, she threatens to eat Tatsu. She's like, oh, I wonder what we'll be cooking today. Looks like Tatsu. <laughs> I think it actually... On a lot of art that I saw of Lin and Tatsu, I got the same impression that I got with uh, Melia and uh, Ricky from yeah. Xenoblade 1. Oh, I, that was a love of food? I don't, like, honestly, <laughs> I, I think it helps that, I think that it helps that, um, I think one of the things that was interesting is that if you think about it, Tatsu and Linley are actually, like, the same age. They were. Oh, yeah. They both mentioned at one point in the game that I think Tatsu might be one year older. Actually, he says that he's fourteen at one point, and Linley is thirteen, and so them kind of having almost like this sibling-like fighting kind of thing where he makes fun of her, uh, and or like her, she makes fun of him, and he gets like freaked out about it, and you know, it, it felt very much like that kind of thing. And they are about the same age, so it makes sense that they like it kind of. Helped. Oh yeah, Tatsu's kind of annoying, but he's he's a teenager. Apparently, that's right. still a thing with with. Um, I'll do the pronunciation of Nopon because it's X, which is actually brought up in Xenoblade Two. By the way, they they talk about. Oh wait, you guys yep. pronounce it Nopon, not Nopon. That was interesting. Side note. <laughs> yeah, I remember that question. That was I actually love that they addressed that too. I did too. But uh, yeah, the Linden Tatsu thing. Um, I actually like. I didn't care for those two characters a whole lot when I played across. Um, because like the the whole cooking gag, I know it's like a it's a popular opinion, but I I actually am on that same bandwagon. I kind of got got sick of it after like the third time they they did it. Because what is it like? It happens every single chapter. You pick a dish, and then well, you get a cutscene of it's like very uh, forced. Yeah, it's very forced, especially like since it's literally every single chapter. Yeah, that yeah, they right. run with the same exact gag, and also um, it doesn't help that after fights, um, like almost every, it seemed like after every other fight, I would get the dialogue of "What's for dinner?" That yeah. that whole thing with <laughs> yeah, that was one of the weird story issues with um, Xenoblade X. I remember there was one chapter in particular that was ridiculous where. Like, I guess minor spoilers, but a large part, portion of New LA gets attacked, and then literally the next cutscene, everything is good <laughs> and like restored. It's just like, what happened here? <laughs> See, I, that's that. That oh, the only thing about that is I actually do enjoy those characters, but I actually kind of hated them at first too. But um. Maybe I got Stockholm syndrome. I don't know. I, I like them both now. That's, that's the thing. It's like by themselves, they weren't too bad. It was just I got sick of that gag. Uh, mm. By the end of it, I I liked the gag a little bit more because there's a um there's that later or there's a um side quest. I think I believe it was an Infinity mission mm-hmm. where um Tatsu thinks he's actually. Going like Tatsu runs away because he thinks that he's actually going to be like legit, like <laughs> eaten this time, and so it's it's one of I think it's one of um Lin's affinity missions or something. But 
there's a cutscene. There is a like elaborate cutscene in that part where he has a a dream or like he imagines her like as this evil giant entity that's about to like cook him, and it's actually pretty <laughs> hilarious how it's framed because the it's like a finally got to him. this huge black background and like she's like evil looking and like <laughs> fingers up and evil position over this pot or something like she's a witch and <laughs> that was actually pretty good but um other than that the joke didn't do anything for me it was it was pretty it was a little bit cringe yeah i think i mostly enjoyed them <laughs> mostly uh like on their own kind of like i kind of enjoyed that being like an old pond, you know? and I kind of enjoyed the the whole because I often like these kind of characters that like are pretty much like oh I love like machines and like engineer stuff and I pretty much like that about Lynn as well. I came to yeah I think sorry uh, Lynn uh, reminds me a lot of Margie uh, from Gears. Yeah, yeah. I, she, I she does have I a very similar kind of. Uh, a bit. I came to appreciate them kind of memeing the scene at least like the i got tired of the the joke but i liked that they i kind of came to appreciate that they did the uh, every single time she did the finger up thing is like talking about tatsu or whatever like I, just something about that was kind of funny to me but yeah that was a that was definitely a relationship and yeah, I just hurriedly added this because I, I like how you yeah compared Lin and Tatsu as like siblings. Would you would you consider Lin and Elma's relationship kind of similar, or how uh, would you guys define their relationship? Elma's the big sister, I think. Yeah, it feels mm-hmm. a lot like that. It's yeah, either big sister or mother or parent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she's quite to the point of being. Uh, yeah, kind of motherly, but like I felt, yeah. I felt a bit in between on that. It felt a, feels a little more big sister to me because I, I would say close mm-hmm. to big sister. Like it would be um, Elma would be to Lynn as that one coworker that you just happen to get really close to. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's good. Mm. And yeah, that that's kind of how I see those two. Yeah, I don't know. All right. How much more they uh-huh. have to say on their relationship than that? Like, yeah. like it kind of falls really into that. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, kind of like Lin and Tatsu, the game kind of forces it on you because there's a lot of the main story quests that require you to have Lin and Elma. Yeah, which, which is, yeah, that was. Mm. I liked them enough to not mind that too much. In fact, I don't yeah, change here. from them a lot because they're. Well, partially because they're actually my highest level ones, too, so... Uh, right. Yeah, I did not have the patience to go and grind with the others' uh, NPCs, which is why, like, at the point where I was at in the game, I was like, well, I need to, like, get affinity quests, but, like, the character sucks because I never took it in my party. <laughs> which is unfortunate, right. because, like, I feel like, yet again, uh, that's one of those things where it it made people miss out on a lot of other characters in their stories because mm-hmm. the game tries to force uh, Lynn and Elma on you. So by the time they get the other characters, they're low level. They're not going to want to use them. They're just like, well, I may as well just stick with Lynn and Elma because that's who I've been right. playing as for right. most of the game. Yeah. She's a shame. Like... Me... I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was just saying no, it's no, a shame. No, no, go on. Me, 
<laughs> yeah, it's a shame because that, the game has great characters besides Elma and Lan. Yeah, it so does. That, yeah. It really does, and they just they add up to the side quests, and that's one of the reasons that the side quests in that game are just so good. Like, mm-hmm. it, they're really well thought out, and I mean, yeah, it's there's like I th- I think that there are eighteen party members out there. Oh, that's it's a ridiculous. I think that's what I read because yeah, I don't remember. Like, I could, I probably I don't I don't think I ever got all of them. Yeah, I, I think it all. ended up. Over the amount of party members in Final Fantasy VI, and that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think I ever got all of them, and then even to this day, like, people will mention a character, and I'll, and I'll remember, like, oh yeah, they're they're recruitable, and they have, like, a whole story. It's like, I often talk about how, like, one of my favorite characters in the game was Alexa, and it yeah. seems like a lot of people forgot about her, or just never encountered her. No, Alexa is great. I encountered um, her, but like mostly, I think I did only one part or two of her quests. I don't, I didn't finish it. I don't remember finishing it. Actually, do you guys mind if we skip a little bit? Because that's a good segue into something with Alexa that I actually thought of. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, totally. Yeah, this list is just like so we hit a bunch of stuff. So yeah, it's uh, go on. Sorry. Oh no, it's fine. Uh, so the thing about Alexa, uh, well. Alexa and Scales is actually, yeah, of course, that's her love, but they actually, I don't know how many of you guys played this quest, but there's actually a quest where they address that a bit deeper in that um, there's one affinity quest for her that mm-hmm. I, I remember doing where... Is it the Black Scale? Um, no, it's like she goes and um, she talks to, it's not really as much to do with Scales as it is to do with like some of the other characters. So there's this other team that she like she loves like going to get like some parts or so, like helping them like maintain their scales and stuff and they're like they're um like they get to drive around like these really or pilot these really awesome scales and she like anytime that they need help she'll go and like help them so like there's this one guy who's kind of like the assumedly like the leader of the team and she always talks like really excited to him and like the girl you can tell that's with that's um on the same team as the guy is like she acts like really jealous. And so you go into this mission and you do some things for them and ends up uh that everything you do is being sabotaged and at the end of the mission this will spoil a small mission but at the end of the mission you find out that the person that's been sabotaging all the things that you're trying to do for their team is that girl that acted like jealous of Alexa. Mm-hmm. And the reason is was because she likes the dude and she thought that Alexa was hitting on the guy. And so Alexa has to explain, no, I just love the scales. <laughs> like, like I'm just yeah. all about the scales. I don't have, it's like, what? We're just friends. I don't have anything for that dude. Like, no, go for it. Like, at the end of the mission, they kind of have a heart to heart about it because like, this girl thinks that he's trying to like, or that that Alexa, she's like trying to steal the leader of this team away from her, and it's actually not the case at all. It's like, no, I just I just love the scales. I'm just, just <laughs> and she starts like fawning about the scales, and like she goes total fangirl about them. Like it was it was a great yeah. quest, but that's one thing that I remembered uh, addressing that in particular on a deeper level, on a slightly deeper level. <laughs> It's like a two. Yeah, I think. One. It, yeah, I think I remember that quest yeah, that's, a little um, bit. Oh, I think I, I think I know. That's uh, 
I think that's what the scale. I it think it's may that be. quest. It may be. I think you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That, that was that was a fun one. If it's the one I'm thinking of, because I do I do remember that, and uh, I, I remember that being a pretty fun one. Yeah. Alexa's love for scales trumps all. Yeah, she keeps. Fa- yeah, it's what the scale. She keeps failing the weapons test. The test, I think, and yeah, yeah, yeah. She keeps failing that we- weapons test and test, and she finds out that she keeps getting sabotage sabotaged by the girl who doesn't want her to be involved because of jealousy. Because <laughs> that's how it works, yo. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, as a overall, uh, as a game about like rebuilding humanity after most of it being wiped out, it's, uh, love and relationships are on a lot of characters' minds. Just because, like, holy shit, um, like there's gonna be none of us <laughs> unless we do something about it. There are some really interesting side missions that you know might half the time be fetch quests, but. Half the story portions of them have to do with different, like love situation, like uh, different couple situations or things addressing just that. Yeah, and uh, also I forgot everybody's a robot, so it doesn't really matter. Which is a decent segue into Lao. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, Lao in general. I- or- yeah, Lao La- La- situation. So, um, uh, from what I remember of it, because I've forgotten more than I remember, um, but Lao had a daughter and a wife who got left mm-hmm. behind somehow on Earth, and they're both obviously dead. Um, so Lao has this very nihilist uh, attitude about anything that happens uh, on Mira or anything that, that, that has happened past Earth. So uh, his like all of his re- relationships with his comrades suffer. Uh, like Even uh, Doug and Lao, like, they... Uh, a lot of their like concept art and a lot of their like intro stuff is like, oh yeah, we're best friends, like da 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 da. Um, but then it turns out that Lao's not feeling anything at all for stuff that's happened on Mira, and he betrays Blade uh, and uh, allies with uh, Luxar and uh, does stuff. <laughs> I forgot. Well, yeah, like Doug. Oh, Oh, sorry. I thought you said, hold on. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Doug talks at times uh, in some other things, too, about how Lau and him were really close and he used to be like this. And Doug notes like just how much Lau has changed. And yeah, Lau, he, he lost everything. And so he thinks that the best way is for just humanity to just not go on. And because his family meant everything to him and Doug even like talks about that at one point is like yeah Lau is he's always feeling it because his family was all he had and now that they're gone he doesn't feel like he doesn't seem to feel like he has anything and we're trying to like let him know that he does but you you just wonder if it's you know getting through to him you know if he's really understand if he really like accepts that if he really understands and you know can come to terms with just like can can go on with the love of the people around of around him rather than like linger on that all the time he wants him to move on you can tell that doug like really cares about Lau. yeah but. from that all mm-hmm. i remember yeah he does so and yeah, yeah 
I'm, I was just gonna I was just gonna follow up with Lao. Like, yeah, he loved some people pretty hardcore, the to the oh, point oh. of damning everyone else. But you know, yeah, I really want to see what they follow up with in Impossible Xenoblade X two, because like the the very ending with uh his stuff, it's such a cliffhanger, and I'm not gonna yeah. articulate because uh, spoilers here, but. It's. I want more. <laughs> it's oh, okay. You're, you're fine. Is it where Lau opened his eye? Spoiler. Well, speaking of uh, families, um, we could possibly move on to Fog and Fry. Yep. I have to admit that I had didn't. I only played a few Fog. Uh, like I only played like maybe the introductory Fog mission. I do. Oh, actually, no. I think I played the first two of his. Um, oh, I look. I like Fog a lot, but I played more of Fry's missions because I didn't find Fog until very late. But I did, I did play enough to know that they were brothers and that they, they are very different. They, yes, they are so different. I didn't realize they were brothers at first. Yeah, yeah, but they're Fog they're being... kind of hilarious the way they they interact though. <laughs> yeah, Fog is the more timid and. Cautious one, or Fry is kind of an alcoholic. Guy. He's the guy yeah, who, he's the guy who says, "Bring out the kegger at the end of battle." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this guy is fun to have around, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I heard. They had, uh-huh. Oh, I was just gonna. I was actually going to ask about this. I don't know if any of you guys know. Did somebody told me that if you have Fry and Nagi in the party, um, Nagi follows up on his bring out the kegger sentiment in some way. Oh, I haven't tried that. No, I've never heard of this. Apparently he, he says something about, I would like, or I, was like, I could go for a, dr- a stiff drink or something. I don't remember what they said he said, but like, apparently he, he says something. That That's what somebody told me anyway. I, I don't know if that, I can't confirm that. That, that. sounds very naggy. But that sounds, I, I'm like, I have to try that. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Buy you beer after this, Mr. Secretary? Beer? I was hoping we'd do shots. So Fog, or, so Fry and Nagi? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, j- j- good they sound buddies. like they'd be yeah, drinking good buddies. drinking so buddies. So I guess if you want to find them late at night, they're probably in the bar getting drunk or something. <laughs> Fry is always at the bar. Yeah, but yeah. maybe... Maybe, like, at some point, some stuff happened with Nagi. <laughs> Honestly, if they had um, Majora's masked the crap out of Xenoblade X, I would have totally been for that. Like, they did to some extent, but, like, if they just went full force on that as much as possible, that would I just, I just wonder if Nagi, like, if he was drunk or something, if he would turn a bit, like, ridiculous or not. That <laughs> <laughs> would be great. That would be hilarious. <laughs> He'd probably okay. just be be just as coordinated. As probably on certain things, honestly. <laughs> like, I want to see okay. a buddy cop movie with um, Nagi and Fry now. Thanks. <laughs> no, that sounds amazing. Yeah. All right. So next we have Shion and Alan. Oh, I mean Arena and Gwen. <laughs> 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 It's like how, how is that not a reprise of that? <laughs> and it's it's hilarious because uh, Irina looks a lot like Pellegri. Yeah, wow. I can, I can see crap. that. I didn't see that at first. 
when when you first meet Irina, her partner's name is Marcus. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, not Pelegri and Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's great. Gwen's always talking about it's like I'll just never be as good as my older brother was. Feels like he can't live up to that a lot. Just lo- it's like it, it seems like very um uh the newer Battlestar Galactica sort of opens with that too because uh female Starbuck <laughs> was engaged to another character's brother who had died off screen. The Starbucks lady is in Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Like from the oh, wait, no. from the sign? Star Uh no I mean uh there's a character <laughs> named Starbuck. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry, I, I'm talking I'm talking like on the same level yeah. of like Xeno nerdery about this other thing that I like a lot. <laughs> uh, I didn't I know if this was an amazing a... image in my head right now of like the Starbucks <laughs> logo just I didn't know if it was like a comparison based on how the character looked or if it was actually their name. <laughs> So I had no, to ask. I, no, it's it's their name. I did not know I, there was I, someone I, named I, Starbuck. I I, I totally I, forgot that. I got your reference, Cat. Don't worry, I got your reference. Okay. Good. <laughs> Man, I want to see. Yeah, which is yes. And then yeah, it also kind of makes it sound like you know how Alan was kind of in Kevin's shadow a little bit in Zenosaga. Yeah, so definitely. Oh, definitely yeah. has a another layer to that. If if there's anything there, which I don't know yet, if there's anything there, a lot bit, but you know. Yeah, it seems like it's too early, because definitely Arena didn't seem like she ever reciprocated any feelings toward Gwen, or as far as I can remember. Uh, or? I think not, actually. Oh, yeah? There's um some later affinity missions where she does hint at, like, she's very, she comes off very, like, militant so it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to see but there are some later min- missions where i felt like they were definitely oh. hinting at her liking gwen back and him just okay i feel like she kind of like sees a like she's i think she even like has this sentiment at some point in one of the later missions but she um knows that he is capable of a lot more and just wants him to get there kind of like okay because he is so like he likes so much confidence in himself, mm-hmm. as you come to find, like especially like in later missions, it touches upon it repeatedly. And uh, but like I, there is a por- uh, there is a part later where she kind of um, hints at liking him back. I feel like you could also look at it this way because I mean she she's a leader for her team, right? So yeah, you could also see it as she's she's a uh, deliberately tough on Gwen. Because she wants Gwen to be better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she, and she wants him to reach his potential. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of where they were going at. Because uh, I guess, like, of all the other party members, Irina and Gwen probably get the most attention outside of, like, Lynn and Elma. You do see mm-hmm. them quite a bit, especially early on in the game. And I have a feeling that's kind of where they were going for. Or at least it seemed like that to me. That uh, she does care for Gwen. Mm-hmm. And that she's she's kind of cold to him because, one, she's a leader. She kind of has to be. And also because she wants to see Gwen at his fullest potential. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Also, some of her jokes at Gwen's expense, I felt were more like... Uh, I felt like they were more flirty than 
like what else he kind of got. So maybe that's just me, but it it seemed like some of her like jokes about Gwen were were like flirtations a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because they talk about like they make some jokes at his expense about he could be like it was like he could be a little bit more like rugged or something like that. I think at one point and just, just little things like that. It, 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 I wouldn't even mention it, but it was, it, they say it more, they do something like that more than once that I felt like the way she was coming across was a little bit flirtatious. Yeah. Not to come in from the left, but also, um, Irina reads as very, at least bisexual, um, to me, and there's a lot of people who ship Irina and Elma. Um, so oh that's God. yeah. She does yeah. have a lot. I've of heard respect. that before. Actually, she does have a lot of respect for Elma as well. So I put Irina in like the big uh, aviator shades, and it looked just perfect on her. That's awesome. <laughs> and then I put L in the heart glasses, and that was the best. That was just the best. I think it did the same, actually. <laughs> Can we talk about Elle's love for humanity? Elle's love for mixing yes. up lines, uh, for mixing up uh, idioms. <laughs> ass caves, ass caves. Here, here's the the love for Elle. Everybody loves yeah. Elle. Everyone should love Elle because you know character. what? All we have is love in this horsey horse world. It's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, and I think uh, L's voice actor is also Noctis from Final yes. Fantasy Fifteen. Is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He has such r- he has such range. It's ridiculous. But yeah, L's such a great character. Though I kind of wish they had given him more screen time. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Written him so no more dialogue that was voiced would have been awesome. Hmm. So. Next, I guess it's uh, HB and himself. Yes. Yeah, HB and his greatest love, HB. Well, let me just pull up the wiki page on HB so we can give you the full, his full autobiography. <laughs> Written by himself, Written lovingly. by himself. <laughs> with those, uh, with those uh, stage you of him, like, posing. Am I the only one that thought, like, HB looked like Hideo Kojima. No, not at all. <laughs> I like, think he looks like young Hojo. Yeah, like, <laughs> and whenever me. I played Xenoblade X, I always had, like, I guess my headcanon was that Hideo Kojima was in Xenoblade. <laughs> and so, whenever, like, I, I would always think of, like, Kojima whenever I would play as him or have him in my in my well, aren't I the son of a bitch you created Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I mean, it came out I think after Xenoblade X, but I always uh, think back to the anime. Haven't you heard? I'm Sakamoto. Because um, oh yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, it always reminded me of him. I think that's an XP. I think he's definitely an XP. They're 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 cut for their their look is cut of the same cloth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the origin of that XP is, but the dark haired dude with the glasses. <laughs> Cut a certain length is definitely a thing. I've seen a yeah. lot. <laughs> it's my type. Oh, <laughs> um, hello. Yes, could you not? You there. The one about to take that mission. I'm speaking to you. <laughs> Ignore. Uh, Did you know? Which... <laughs> but yeah. Oh, HB apparently is a... HB is an egotistical, narcissistic man. 
Didn't catch that. <laughs> I would have never guessed. <laughs> no way. Not RHB. <laughs> but he's also he's like everywhere. a very interesting character. Like I did get to play a lot with him, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I did. Like the little I saw was like this character is like is full of crack, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it it just amazes me that he was DLC for the Japanese version. Like I would, I would yeah. probably would have paid. For him, for him, extra. Same. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad that he was included. I'm not sure if yes. I would have or not, but well, honestly, I probably would have if I could afford it. I would have bought all the DLC for that game, but <laughs> but I'm glad it's included in there anyway because like yeah. he is a delight of a character to have in the party. Yeah. Whether you're whether you find him humorous or not, I'm pretty sure that was, or I know that was definitely the intent. Um. Mm-hmm. And I like it. It's it's funny. He's hysterical, and I love him. Unfortunately, mm. I cannot yeah. find a list of his accolades to list off to everyone. <laughs> and let's let's not uh, continue without saying his full name, Hector Bert Whistle. <laughs> yes, Hector Bert Whistle. Also, uh. I have a question. So, can the um. Can the picture for this podcast be the one of him doing his pose, his his infamous yeah, pose, yes. shirtless pose? Yes, because that yes. seems <laughs> like a very fitting yes. one. It is fitting. I thank you for bringing that up. I will put that as the picture for the episode. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, how about we go on to some other characters that I wish had gotten more screen time, uh, and that was Celica and Rock. Oh yeah, Celica and Rock yeah. are really good. <laughs> I was actually really disappointed with Celica because she comes very late, and you, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, you got her after, like, a story mission, and mm-hmm. it seemed like they were hinting that she was a lot more important than she actually ended up being. I think one of the big things... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you can go on. I was just gonna say, I think one of the big things is that she is, um... I don't remember if she was... I think she came as an affinity mission technically, or I thought she might have come as part of somebody else's affinity mission, if I remember correctly, but one of the things that does connect to the, to the story a bit is um, one of the villains in one of the main story missions um, is, well, not necessarily, well, like, she's part of the, she's part of the ganglion, of course, and yes. she's got, like, this big, hulking, like, um, created monster, um, just like Rock is, basically. And um, I'm trying to actually remember what... I don't think that they actually had a name for that for the creature that Rock I, is. Uh, uh, I'm not sure of the species name, but I'm looking up. Uh, I think it was Dagon was the enemy monster who was Rock's size. Yeah, it's Dagon uh, is the name of the other one. But yeah, they're, they're, it's said like both him and Rock are created in a lab or something to that effect. And they're supposed to be like a... Um, I mean, they're supposed to be like a vowel weapon, basically. And Rock, of course, doesn't like that. So Celica, who is Clurian, and I think possibly the only known Clurian in the game, um, comes across him and bas- kind of rescues him. And he's very like timid and uh, doesn't like fighting at all. He's a pacifist. In fact, one of his, one of the mission where uh, Celica becomes available to join your party uh, involves getting a means for him to like find a way to work because um 
Like, yeah, the people want him to fight, but he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, Maurice right. Chasson comes out himself and is like, hey, we want you to, uh, you need to contribute some way. We want you to fight. And basically you resolve it by, is like, he's a big dude. He can lift heavy stuff. Let him work in construction. And so you kind of help him out and, because he hates fighting so much. And I don't know if this was Chasson's intention or not, but at the end, he's like, Yes, of course, we found it. Like, I planned that. He acts like, I planned this all along. We found a different place for Rock. I wasn't going to make him fight. He, like, I have a feeling that the next game they're going to turn him heel, and I will not be surprised, but they, they, they have a lot to, like, if, if they don't turn him heel, I will be very surprised. I can see that. But yeah, Silica and Rock, they are, they're kind of just... They're they're a good match because they're like they're just misfits who kind of got this sibling kind of love thing going on. I feel like they got mm-hmm. they're they were they kind of got to this planet and didn't have anybody else to turn to, and they survived and helped each other. And like even throughout all of it, like the that whole I should have I should bring up that in that mission where you're trying to place find a place for Rock to be and help him so that he doesn't have to fight. It's actually not you trying to really help him so much as you chasing after Celica because she doesn't want Rock to have to go through that. So being the big sister to him she is, she goes off and does she doesn't join Blade right away. She basically just goes off doing Blade missions herself without being a Blade. So you've got to go try and catch up with her only to find out that she's kind of perfectly capable in most situations and she ends up becoming a blade at the end of the mission and, and it officially and you can recruit her but i mean it goes to show like they survived together on that planet and it goes to show that she's very capable of taking care of rock as like i don't know i maybe in a motherly sense more for her but i kind of it kind of also felt a bit more like a big sister kind of thing to me mm-hmm. um i <laughs> There's still a lot of their of um, Celica's affinity missions that probably go deeper into that, but I'm not sure what they are because she was one of personally my more recent additions as far as because I you know I play the game on and off. I, I like it. It's one of those games that I like to last, and so I save certain things for the next time. I'm just like feeling like chilling with my buds over in New LA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then uh, we can move on to some other kind of siblings. Well, these are definitely siblings, and that's Lara Mara and Lara Nara. Um, which that's an, again, Best a, boys. <laughs> yeah, again, I at first did not think they were siblings and thought they were the same character. And Nintendo of America just like goofed on the names <laughs> yeah. in certain parts. I didn't realize until went, much later <laughs> that they were two yeah. different characters. <laughs> yeah. I did not either. But yeah, they're twin brothers, which is interesting. Always glad to see other twins in video games. But um, Yeah, and it's very interesting that uh, I think both of them are canon gay. Because um, yeah. oh, uh, Lara yeah. Nara, you come across him, and he's like either in the midst of dating or at least hitting on Clemens. And uh, mm-hmm. I played as a male player character, because I don't play female characters. Uh <laughs> And uh, well. he he hits on you here and there, or one of them hits on you, and it's not a big deal. Um, and like, 
uh, it's kind of a gray area for me because I think uh, both of Laura Mara and Laura Nara's looks, like with the slick back hair and the makeup, it's kind of a Japanese gay stereotype, but mm-hmm. also they kind of look like Margulis went to the club. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh so that's why you like them. I was actually oh, yeah. going to ask you about that because I knew that was kind of a stereotype. It was like, I don't know how that really... That, that might be a little bit offensive, but I guess at least they're trying yeah. to play them straight. I, so, I I've been trying to be careful, but like my my self insert fan fiction for Xenoblade X is my character uh and Larnara. <laughs> I think that's the one I chose. When I say play them straight, I must clarify. I don't mean that. I mean play them like seriously. You know, like ah, okay, I'm yeah. not going. I'm it's like no, I'm not trying to say play them straight as in not gay <laughs> because like because <laughs> there, there's absolutely no way that they're not not gay. No, no there's no way. It, like, I, I think the first time I encountered Laura Mara, he was talking about chasing that cute little thing over there or something. And like, they just just escaped my grass again, darn it, kind of thing. Yeah, so. it's like, it's uh, Laura Mara and, and or Laura Nara is your gay friend in their 40s. <laughs> How do you encounter them? Because I do not remember either of them. One, I can... uh, I think they're both optional, Um, I think. They're not playable unfortunately no they're not playable they, they're, they're just they're affinity. quest givers though um and i think the first place that i met lara mara was in kind of a bizarre place because he's down the elevator in like the hangar but he's <laughs> not yeah. on the side where all the people are he's kind of like behind he's kind of like on the off behind the elevator a little bit not behind it but like to the side where there's like not much any of anything over there like a bunch of crates full of unknown parts and things like that he's he's kind of like hiding in the corner over there typically talking to like one other guy and a man on but sometimes later in the game i was seeing lara nara up there on the surface level like right around the corner of armory alley so and he was giving quests at that time so that may just be a thing like oh you you kind of had to meet lara mara first but yeah, I think uh, one of them gives you one of the the, the more harder to beat uh, side quests in Silvalum, and oh, yeah. yeah, it's like the White Scale or something. Yes, that one is. Oh my god, <laughs> I've leveled way past those things, and I still haven't beaten that. <laughs> There's just yeah, so I, many... I'm not at level cap myself because I I suck at actually playing <laughs> X. <laughs> I am like even at level cap, you have to survive those guys for three minutes, and I just. Even in a, in a scale, like it was really difficult because there's so many of them, and I got really close, but I, I still haven't gone back since the last. I, I think I was actually below level cap the last time that I went and faced them, but I was still quite a few levels above them. But yeah, that's a really difficult mission. It's called the White White Hold Life Hold, I believe. The White White Hold. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. White Life Hold. I'm pretty sure is what it's called. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a bunch of Definians that attack you on that mission. But and that makes sense because their whole like storyline goes through Definian stuff. Um, there's not a lot more. I don't think uh, there's not a lot more I can remember to bring up about them in general, uh, except for maybe like the Lara Nara and Clemens thing. And I think the main thing with that was he's just basically kind of always chasing after Clemens and hitting on Clemens. Except for, uh, well, there is yeah. that. 
it, it was a pretty like shallow mission. side quest. Yeah. But there is that later mission it, like, where it, it, um, it's meant Clemens to just like turns out to not be like there. Yeah, it's like he was a definitive all along, and he never actually met the real Clemens. But uh, yeah, on that note, yeah, he fell. Well, yeah, apparently you never met the real Clemens, and Clemens was a Definian. You find out that Clemens is a spy in that mission, and you chase him down, find out that he's actually a Definian, and you it proceeds to have like a thing where that Definian has actually kind of come to love humanity and questions why it has to do this. And so uh, that particular Definian is like basically the other Definians get to I guess her I'm not sure they they all look like women but it's hard to say yeah because they're shapeshifters but they're shapeshifters yeah and basically she gets killed by her own people for like kind of turning against them because uh she's been so much she's been in with the humans for so long like almost since the beginning of their landing on Mira that she's come to love humanity too and it's kind of a sad mission <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. But that's worth noting because it's also a... it's a, There's a big thing in X. Like, maybe some of the characters don't hit well with everyone. Like, maybe, maybe you don't connect to all of them, but there is a big, like, overall love kind of... And like, a big relationship kind of feeling of just this idea of creating... Being able to create a utopia for where everyone is accepted and i love that about that a strong and, sense of community yes, yes. Right. almost like Torna. The, i was just thinking about that <laughs> <laughs> um but okay. uh, we i think we have like maybe one more thing from x to tackle before we move before we really need to move on to two probably. yeah so. Correct. Yeah, and that is the two best dads of Blade, and that's Nagi and Vandam. Van Damme. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love both Nagi and Vandam. Yeah, they're both so really much. cool. Like, yeah, like, and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good enough for me, honestly. <laughs> Van Damme's like your um, Vandam's kind of like your um, he's your coach kind of thing. Strict but cool. <laughs> Well, I was just like in a in a relationship terms. He kind of feels like your um, your tough love, cool uncle, a little yeah. bit to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best way to describe him, but I that that's what I got. No, that's yeah. it exactly. Let's let's chill, Uncle Vandom. Like <laughs> let, let like just cool it on the on the military stuff for a little while. Let's 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 make some food. Get some. <laughs> yeah. Let's get Vandom some tea early like... in the morning. He, he kind of reminds me almost of, like, a gym teacher that I had back in, like, high school. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, the way he is and, like, how he's always, like, getting you, like, the, the like the military thing and trying to, like, get you prepped for, like, missions. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah. That. <laughs> that's totally, yeah, that's totally a thing. I love that mission where you come across him, like, at that coffee, sh- sitting outside on his own early in the morning yes. at the coffee shop. Yeah, it's so good. It's like... Damn, Vandom, you're you're a man of culture <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I we, guess we can. Uh, we kind of talked we, about Nagi already more, I guess. So yeah, yeah, because yeah. I forced it on you. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's no, that's okay. fine. Like, I think I do can, want to bring up a few miscellaneous things from X, if that's okay. 
Yeah, sure. yeah. And it's just mentioning, like, there's a few, actually, um, I came across quite a few um, little missions, side missions, that weren't necessarily with characters that I can actually remember, but they involved love. Like, there's, um, I remember there is one mission where you have to introduce a guy, this guy, this one Blade member is really nervous. There's this girl outside that store over there, and she's beautiful. I don't know how to talk to her. So, basically, um, Lynn jumps right onto this. Like, her, she's really into this. She's like, oh, we're going to hook you up. Like, So, <laughs> the mission is to like help them talk, and then later in the mission, like you kind of go throughout their... Like, you see a little bit of their relationship developing, and I think this might actually even be multiple missions, but there's another one where... Um, He's trying to find a unique rock so he can, like, give her a ring. And uh, basically, Tatsu happens to be the only one who knows where to find said rock because it's a Nopon thing. And so you go out after that and you get it for him and, you know, you help him out. And that's about it for that one. I think the only other one that I think I want to mention really fast because I already mentioned mentioned most of the others was mm. there's one where a blade member um runs off with a a prone woman and who like their parents are like really disapproving of their relationship and so you have to get them to get you have to help them like basically rendezvous on on a rooftop so they can escape kind of it's a little bit really romeo and juliet ish <laughs> <laughs> but that that was another one that came to mind um Oh, um, I totally forgot about hope. Oh, yeah. Hope is essentially, well, if, I know the Xeno series is not all interconnected, but if it was, hope is definitely yet another reincarnation of Sophia from Xenogears, uh, because oh. holy shit, <laughs> there's so many throwbacks. Uh, and honestly, I, I think hope just loves humanity, uh, probably as much as Elma does, but Probably um, not within the no. same power capacity. I, I just, Sadly, I, just I didn't have many dealings like, with Oh, I remember all. that girl. <laughs> <laughs> just, I think, I think I saw her only like once or twice, and I didn't really interact too much with her, so that's why I did not click at first. Yeah, her her side quest I think goes into um, there's this like church that's trying to say oh we only love humans and uh, Hope kind of is like what? No. <laughs> we have oh, to all yeah. get along. Yeah, basically. I love that mission's name. <laughs> Hope Springs Eternal. I forgot about that. Yeah. Did, I don't know if I mentioned another one at the start of this, but I can't remember it if I did, but I think there was another love-based mission, but that's all uh -huh. good. It's all good. I don't remember it right now, and I can't find it, so we can Was probably... I think we can uh, end it with X. We did a lot more than I thought we would oh, do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks to yeah. you, Nick. <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that. No, no, no uh, you're that's fine. That's actually a good thing. I, there's just, there's just... so many characters in X, and there's so many different things going on that, yeah. So, wait, are we wanting to do, like, a part three for Xenoblade 2? Honestly, you may as well. We got, like, <laughs> almost an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Xenoblade Cross. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good idea because yeah, because we even have a bigger list than Cross or in ugh, 
I, I changed it from X. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sure uh, we'll come up with a lot more for two because that game is... I mean, well, actually, I think it's more in two that each individual relationship is a lot to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So It's much more in your face. All right. Well, that's been Zeno Chat uh, Part 2 Love. It's uh, going on a little bit longer than expected, so we'll be back with our next episode of... Uh, uh, over Xenoblade 2 and Torna. So until next time, uh, thanks for listening and have a good night. Until next time.